right, we are back for the final podcast study on the book of First John. I've got Craig here with me. We may do one more, uh, but it'll mainly be Craig. Um, he's talking about, uh, and, and there's not really a timetable on this, but I'm, we've kind of talked about him putting on just a, a kind of a, a final edition to just talk about um, his journey of memorization and kind of where he's at. And, and Craig, I might give you a, a chance to plug that at the very end of this. Um, and, and you can talk about that some more uh, to, today. We're going to wrap up the book of first John and we're going to dive into chapter five. Um, and we're going to look at a whole bunch. It's like John, for whatever reason, you know, in my feeble mind, the way I picture it, he's running out of paper. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw all this theology into the bottom. You know, like when I took notes in college and I had like a half paper left, so now I'm riding up the side and down the spiral bound and trying to fit everything in. And it's like, um, I know that's not how it probably went down, but it's like, he's just, he puts, there's like deep, like, statements in here that theologians um for centuries have kind of argued over what what the meaning of it is and craig and i are going to tell you exactly what it means yeah we got it all yeah yeah (laughs) and 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 then and then um there's um there's there's the gospel like like it's also like you know i picture one of those deathbed one last ditch like hey you need to know jesus kind of a, a attempts where, where John's just putting it out there and he's just saying, look, there's it wides the gate and it goes this way and narrows the gate and it goes this way. Kind of, kind of discussion, you know, it's you're, like somebody's leaving and you're hugging all, you're just kind of holding on. Wait, wait, I got this. I got a little bit more to tell you. Hold on. You know, yeah. Don't leave. I want to, I want to start in the context of the book. I want to, I want to remind you all like, like when I started this, uh, you know, I had a couple themes that were were prevalent, and and there were a bunch of themes that we we've, we but there's a couple things that have weaved throughout the entire book. One is, um, you know, I, I like to use the words "love made known." That 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 John John is is making the this divine love, which is manifested in Jesus, made known to the world. So he's saying. You know, we've we've repeated this almost every episode, but, you know, verse one, you know, uh, he's testifying to what he's seen, what he's heard, what he's touched. Like he, he repeats that over and over and over. This is this is not something I heard from my uncle's brother's cousin. You know, this is I was there, you know, um, and, and 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 then throughout that explanation, he talks about who Jesus is and, and, and how we need to, we need to know him in a real intimate relationship way, but then how that relationship manifests in us and then through us to other people. Um, and, and then, the, so, so this idea of, of the love of God made known in the son. And then the second component is that he's writing to believers who are first century you know, right off the cuff of the resurrection, uh, right off the cuff of Jesus ascending to heaven. These are people that didn't see him, but they, they, they're hearing firsthand accounts. And, and that's good. 
but it's also bad because it means it's in a time where there's wild worldviews colliding in, in this area. Nobody's, you know, uh, carrying or I saw a Facebook post yesterday that said, who actually owns a Bible? That was the question. <laughs> And, and not including their phone app. And, and, you know, everybody was like, oh, man, I've got. But like the, I, one person posted, we have 22 different Bibles with 15 different versions. You know, like they didn't have that. You know, yeah. they didn't they didn't have that. You know, the, so they had, you know, a synagogue that had some Old Testament scrolls that somebody probably read to them. And then they had this oral tradition. They had this oral teaching. And then they had John, you know, like really saying, look. Uh, and, and there was this, they were, so he's writing to this group of believers and within them, within their church, within their community are people that are leaving sound doctrine. They're exiting. I mean, you can see it again. And this, this is important for what I'm, we're going to share as he wraps up, you know, in, in chapter two and chapter three, right, right, you know, he, he's dealing with these people that are following the antichrist concept He's dealing with these people that not only are leaving and not only are denying the truth of who Jesus is, but they're pulling, trying to pull people with them. Um, they're trying to, 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 to debate and argue. And, to, and, and so I want you to keep that context in mind of who Jesus is, that he's testifying to who Jesus is. And then he's, he's talking to these people that are dealing, that are watching this, this, people exit and, and i don't know about you craig but you know like i i, I do know because i've been there with you when we know people who you've poured into who you've discipled or you know of people who have been poured into and discipled and they kind of journey away mm-hmm. um and it's tough it's a hard it's a hard thing to watch it's a you know um when you, you see know, your kids do it, you pour so I'm, much into your kids. And, yeah. and for me as a father, you know, you, you, you think that you've invested this time and, and, and then you see them uh, make poor choices and start to go do things that, you know, in the, in the mind of experimenting or that, that kind of stuff. And you think, well, we tried to tell you, you don't need to experiment. This, this is something, but yet it still happens. Yeah, and 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 so that's what it, what John's dealing with here. It's who he's who he's talking to here, and 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 so there's a couple things that I want to preface as we dive in. One, the word confidence. It, it, as I prayed over how to end this uh, book, I, I want to end it with the word confidence. I, I, I want I want you who have studied this book. I hope that you that the book of First John. Um, would be a book that can give you can give you confidence in what you believe. You know, John wanted his. Yeah, you know, I think we're in a in a world where we 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 misuse confidence. We we think that people that are confident are arrogant, and then if we think people are doubting or say they don't know, that means they're humble, and that's hogwash. Uh, confident, you know, John wants the believers to be confident in what truth is and what they know that this is, you, you can rest assured your, your, your life, your salvation, you can, you can bank on this. And, and then I want, I want to go one step further and say, okay, how can that, 
confidence affect the way you live? How does it impact um, uh, the way you, the way that you live? And I think that ties into the very last verse, which I find absolutely utter fascinating (laughs) how he ends this book. And so uh, let's jump in. So I'm going to start in verse six and then Craig, you, you, I'm going to probably put you on the spot, probably come up with something we haven't talked about, have you chime in. But um, he says, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Uh, He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit, um, it is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. Man, this is one of those texts that you, you want to Google this. You can find all kinds of, man, I found, there, there's stuff about blood sacrifices and drinking blood and <laughs> The, the communion and I mean, you can go a lot of directions with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going to probably oversimplify it. Um, but I, I think the, the key here to hear is first and foremost, he's talking about Jesus again. Remember who he, he's testifying about. So this is about Jesus. And he says the one who came by water and who came by blood. So for me, when I think about that, I think about, okay, came by water. Then I think of Matthew three sixteen, and that's the story of Jesus's baptism. And when Jesus, you know, he's talked about at his birth. I mean, obviously the star and the manger scene and, you know, the, 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 the wise men, I get it, you know. But it was, this, it was this baptism that really launched who he was as the Messiah into the, into the, the, onto the scene, if you will, for a three-year vetting process in Israel. And... It was at that baptism in Matthew three sixteen, where as he came up out of that water, you know, the words were uttered, this is my son. In him, I'm well pleased. Um, you know, so to me, when we talk about come by water, when we talk about testifying by water, this is what it's talking about. And, and who and what what did it say about the spirit? It said that the spirit came down like a dove upon him mm-hmm. at that time. Um, to me, a type of testifying the spirit of, was upon him. And, and, and then we go to the blood, and I think we can go to the death on the cross. I think we can go to Matthew 26, verse 28, where Jesus is in the upper room at the Passover, and he lifts up the cup that represented the blood of a lamb in Passover, and, and, and he says, this blood is now my blood. And so he, he claims the blood. He claims it, that it's, it's really all about the blood. The first blood that was shed was in the, in the Garden of Eden. Uh, and what was it shedded for? It was shed to cover sin. As Adam and Eve, as, you know, sinned and they were naked and they were ashamed. And God immediately killed an animal to cover them. And that's the first time atonement was talked about. And here we are in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, where it says he is our propitiation. One version says that that's the same word for atonement. He is, he is that. And so here, here we have a, another testimony because he's on the cross. And, 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 and there's all kinds of testimony. There's the Roman soldier who's like, dude, this is the son of God. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's testimony from heaven. There's, and, and so... 
you know, just to clarify, you know, I, I don't want to oversimplify it, um, but, but what I see here is this concept of this concept of baptism to cross. I mean, Craig, I don't know if you have anything else to chime in there with that. Well, you know, I, I think that um, just in a very simple thing, I, I think there's, it, it talks about having two to three witnesses mm. and even in the, in the, in, in the, uh, it's and here he's being consistent with that that the you know there are three witnesses there's the spirit there's the blood there's the water this is not just a a a, a chance happening there 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 is a uh, this is biblical it, it goes along with the the teachings and I agree totally with what you're what you're talking about yeah excellent and and you know the word testimony or testify is brought up eight times between verse 6 and verse 11. And, and for me, some of that is just understanding truth is truth. But, you know, John, again, he's wrapping this up and he's saying, look, I'm, I'm telling you, God testifies on this. I testify mm-hmm. on it. The Spirit testifies on it. Awesome. You know, the, the Son test. It's all about He is the Son of God. He is the Son. He is the Son. He is the Son. And so... Um, you know, I, I I don't want to lessen that component of this. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, you know? and and I I'm like you. I read several different things, and you know, I don't truly believe this. But when when Jesus was uh, on the cross and and the spear went in, uh, both blood and water came out. Yes. Uh, I, I think that has, a, I mean, there's a little bit of that to me that has some resonance in that, that, he, that even in his death, blood and water poured out for it. And so uh, that would be the only other thing that I read that, sure. um, that, that had some validity from studying that. That's awesome. And so, so this, this, again, going back to this um, confidence um, confidence, so we, we can have confidence because of the testimony. Uh, you know, so I, I, I come to this, uh, the crossroads of this where we have to understand and come to a decision that, do I trust this? You know, do I believe in this testimony? Do I believe what this gospel message, do I believe in the scriptures? Do I trust that God is God, that he is who he says he is, that John's, John's testimony is legit. And we, we, we all have to come to that at some point. And then we have to think about this. So then how does this, if I choose to believe it, how does it affect my daily living? And, and so I jump into the, verse 13 because I think that's where he goes with it. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's confidence. Right. I can I can live in this. I can do this because I know the end game. I know the the promise. The, I, and he I, says it in the next verse. This is the confidence we have. It's a you know the thing that just came to my mind as you were saying confidence. It, it goes back to Peter walking on the water. You know we we don't think of him being arrogant, but he had when he stepped out, his confidence was not that he could do anything. It was that Jesus was there to mm. do it for him. That he was there, that he was going to bring him through this, uh, walking, you know, that come out and he's going to do the same thing that Jesus was doing. 
it wasn't Peter's arrogance. It was, it was the fact that he knew he had that, that, that confidence, uh, that word um, means that, hey, we know the Bible teaches that he gives us abilities. He gives us um, our, our, our kind of stuff. And, and if, if we don't <laughs> believe that, um, if we're like you said, if we're trying to play humble, that that doesn't do anybody any good. We're we're supposed to take what God has given us and and exude it and and take it not because we're great, but because God has made us great and and what He's given us. Yes, I, I I love that that and that picture of the 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 walking out uh, of yeah. the water is is powerful. Um, you know and and. And when I look at that verse 14, you know, confidence in what? Well, confidence that he hears us, you know, mm-hmm. so now we get into prayer, you know, and, and we get into this concept of prayer. And I think verse 14 is a critical verse when we want to understand prayer, because it says in the Lord's prayer where he teaches prayer and says, pray this way. Uh, this is in line with that because he, it says this is confidence we have in approaching God that he will that we can ask anything according to his will and he hears us. Well, we like to we like to go to jump to the he hears us, <laughs> and we like to skip over the in accordance to his will, you know. And, and and I think that it's important, you know, to to not skip over that. I think it's important to recognize that, that that's, that's a key component of effective prayer. You know, if my kids ask me the same question over and over and over and over again, and I've already said no, and they keep asking, and then I start ignoring them, and they keep asking, and eventually I, I'm like, I hear you. You know, I hear you, but what it really means is, shut up, I'm not listening. You know, I don't think that's what, what, what he's talking about here. I, I think he's talking about God we can approach God with confidence that when we are asking for things that align with his commands, that align with his promises, and it's, I want to be clear because we have to know what those promises are. We, there's a lot of people that say, oh, God promises prosperity. He's never promised prosperity. So you've got to know what those promises are. Um, but aligned with his will, then we can begin to trust that he will hear us um, and that, that, that he will respond, uh, that he will answer us in certain. Uh, what David writes in the Psalms, and I'm just going to share this because I think it's a, it's a really cool verse, and I just knocked my Bible over. Um, but in, in Psalm chapter 4, uh, verse um, 3, it says this, Know that the Lord has set apart um, his faithful servant for himself, the Lord hears me when I call. Now, if you read it in the whole context, it's really awesome. It's a part of a long worship and prayer. But just, I, I read that because it's, it's really simple. Do you have confidence that when you get on your knees, the Lord hears you? Well, and, and a big part of that is, are you praying according to his will? You know, how many times has Craig of you have you thought over your prayers and thought, yeah, that was probably a selfish prayer <laughs> uh-huh. or, or, or yeah, that prayer was a prayer of comfort, which isn't always bad. Right. But that, you know, 
you know, there's a filter he's talking about here, praying in accordance to his will. And I want to add that sometimes that's hard because, you know, God is God and we, we sometimes don't understand and, and we don't know what to pray for at times. And in Romans chapter eight, verse 26, this is what always has, uh, uh, help me understand that I, I just need to, to go. But it says, uh, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance to God's will. And so sometimes, you know, it's just, you know, I, I just want my son to come and be in my presence and say, I, I don't know, dad, you know, that, that there's times where the spirit intercedes for us with that. But, but um, that, that, that again, all that does is give me confidence that I know that prayer, I need to go in prayer to, to the father. In Exodus uh, 2.23, it said during the long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried to him uh, cried out to their God for help because of their slavery and their cries went up to God and God heard their groanings and he remembered his promise to Abraham. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I love that. I love that you shared that verse in Romans that, uh, you know, as, as we're doing this and those of you that are listening, you know, you know, I, I'm guilty of, oftentimes being unwilling to groan to God. I'll groan to myself. I'll groan to my wife. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll groan to my kids, but, but, but really just getting on my knees. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, our pastor, you know, he just, in, at, at the end of his service, he, he just, he led in prayer and he, he, he got down on his face on the, on the, right there on the stage. And he mm-hmm. said, sometimes this is what we got to do. You know, and he was, you know, we, 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 and he was trying to teach, but you know, just this, this, this reality. I mean, there, that's part of our inheritance. That's part of who we are. I mean, again, another theme of this book is children, 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 children. Mm-hmm. You just said it. You want your children to come to you, and he's saying, part of who you are, your identity, is that you can come to me. You can groan. You can throw it out. Cry. There. You yeah. Can... Yeah. But a couple a couple thoughts in that to, to 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 kind of wrap that thought up. My confidence. Okay, my confidence, my dedication to God can't be dependent on God doing what I want. Mm-hmm. But let me put it another way. God, if you don't answer the way I want you to answer, my confidence is going to shrink. Mm-hmm. I, I know this is a, a challenge. We look around our world and we, we, we say, why God? Why this God? Why that God? Why allow this God? Why allow that God? And, and, and we, we have to remember the testimony of truth here. And, 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 and he kind of explains the why here in a minute. When he, when he says, who's in control of this world? Who, who's influencing this world? And and he's offering he's offering a way out. You know he's offering. A, he, he, so it's not that he he wants all this to happen. He's saying sins ran rampant in this world, and there's someone that's that's fueling that fire, fanning that flame. 
And, and so I, I want to challenge you in this, that God, if you don't answer the way I want you to answer, I will still be confident in you. And, and the best example I can have is in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus mm-hmm. cried out to God and said, I can't do this. I don't have the strength to do it. I don't want to do it. Take this cup from me. And I've had moments like that where there's been things out of my control. I don't want to deal with it. I got to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. And so I'm going to go hide. I'm going to stuff. And, and instead, I just... I need to cry and groan and, and, and allow God to strengthen and, and, and then answer me according to his will, yeah. which is really the safest place I could be. I also think about Paul asking God to take away his thorns in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Many times he prayed, you know, take away these problems that I have with the flesh. That, and, and he said, nope, my grace is sufficient. I don't, I'm not going to do it. And that was his answer. Sometimes the answer is no. So I'll, I'll reframe it one more way. Um, do we want to have, do we want to get ourselves to a point where our wants become his wants? Mm-hmm. That, that we're in line. Uh, that, uh, that we, we align our, our desires, our wants. Where we're, we're, we begin to be in tune with what that will means. And that's a, that's a, that's a journey. That's a process. Um, and, and speaking of that, let's move on. Yeah. In verse 16, he says, If you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give, you, give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death, and I'm not saying that you should pray, you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to death. Okay. You know, like, okay. You know, like I can't imagine what that section was like when you were trying to memorize, <laughs> you know, cause it was um, actually very easy. I mean, because it, it, it was, it was stuff that I needed to hear. And so it came pretty easy. You know, it was just stuff that, that was really powerful. Um, and that, be honest with you, that paragraph was very easy to memorize. Let me reframe, again, our original audience was a group of people who saw others that were walking away from truth. They were walking away from, from this. And so when he says to them, if you see any of your brothers or sisters committing a sin that does not lead to death, you should not pray. So let me ask you, Craig, what's a sin that doesn't lead to death? <laughs> well... uh, If you remember about three or four weeks ago, I probably incorrectly in my mind told you that I thought maybe it was pride. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I think it's something that um, like you said, as you start to just listen to the whole context and and there's so many times that that John talks about Antichrist, Antichrist or basically people taking you away from God, people teaching opposite of, of what God is. And, ta- and, and I think that that plays a huge deal into, uh, you know, what this, this, this sin that leads to death is, is basically sin that is taking you away from God. 
I, I couldn't agree more, and I, I, I can categorize it this way. You, you, there's, there's two categories of sin here he's talking about. You know, and, and I really believe this is where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. You, you, we, have, we have a choice with our sin. We, so he says, all sin is wrongdoing. All wrongdoing yeah. is sin, and there all is no sin that does not. And then all, all throughout Scripture we see that, that we've mm-hmm. all sinned, Romans... Six. You know, yeah, we, and so we have to deal with it. And so to me, the sin that doesn't lead to death is the sin that I've nailed to the cross, mm-hmm. the sin that I've turned over to Jesus, the sin that I've, you know, uh, man, I, I go back to my church again a couple of weeks ago. Our associate pastor, he preached a powerful sermon out of First John. He and I kind of did a back to back sermon series on antichrist stuff and and he said god doesn't want your perfection he wants your authenticity and what he was getting at and what he said in his sermon was it starts with us repenting and admitting the sin we have <laughs> you know and, and 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 the fact that we've got to go to god and say i can't deal with this i don't know I, i've tried i failed I, I need you, Jesus. I, I, and that's what he wants. He wants us. That's why he died. That's mm-hmm. why he came to earth to build that bridge, to, to have a place to wash us clean. And so the sin that doesn't lead to death is a sin that we don't have anymore because Jesus has taken upon that sin by giving my life to him. But then there's this another group category. It's the people that say, mm, I don't think so. I'm not going to believe that. And, and, and there's a lot of ways. It may not be that straightforward, like I'm not going to believe that. It may be that I'm just going to try to deal with the sin myself. I'm going to try to be a nice person. I'm going to try to cover up bad sin with good deeds. I'm going to try to hide the sin. You know, I'm going to. And when I say hide it, I'm talking hide it from God. You know, like I'm talking about like, you know, like I, I just really believe we can try to stuff it away. Um, we can pretend it's not there on and on and on and on and on and on it goes. And, and it's a slippery slope of hardening over time. We can fill it. We can fill it with pleasure. We can fill it with the garbage of this world that we can fill it with money. We can fill it with power. We can fill it with position. Um, and really, I think this is what he's getting at the very last verse. I think this is why he ends, in my opinion, mm-hmm. this is why he ends it the way he does. Because ultimately, you have a choice. You have a choice to put God on the throne and allow him to deal with your sin. Or you have a choice to have an idol on your throne and you can fill in the idol whatever you want. And, and, but that road, ultimately, what he's telling them is that it, it, it doesn't end well. <laughs> it leads to death. Yeah. And... and and so, and what is death? If you look biblically, death is separation. You know, when we die physically, our our soul is is separated from our our, our physical body. And, and in Revelation, it talks about that if we if we believe that Jesus has has died for our sins, we we've accepted this that we no longer have to the second death. And that second death is that our our spirit, our soul is separated eternally uh, from God. Yeah, look at, verse, look at verse 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Well, oftentimes we misread that, mm-hmm. and we think that means I'm going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm not going to cheat anymore. But then he goes on to say, one who has been born again or born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Yet we know that also the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and that we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the true God and eternal life. So what, what, why did I read all that? Well, when we, when we realize we have a choice, we can be controlled by the evil of this world or the one who is in us, who gives us understanding, who teaches us, who takes away our sin, uh, that means we're not, you know, again, so I had a, I heard, I heard it put this way, this idea of does not continue in sin, that means it's not um, holy perfection. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're, uh, you're going to be perfect. It means you're, you have a holy direction, that your, your pursuit is, is more and more Christ-like. It's, it's what... God told Isaiah, you're on the potter's wheel. I'm going to spin you. I'm going to shape you. I'm going to put you in the kiln. You're going to fire. You're going to, uh-huh. I mean, it, it's going to be hot at times. It's going to hurt at times. But you're not going to look and you may even crack. You know, yep. you, may even, you may even crack. And then I'll still, I'll, I'll shape you and I'll seal you. I, I, you know, he, some of you out there may be thinking, man, I've, I've screwed up royally. Yeah. I'm, I'm on this path of sin to death. Well, it doesn't have to be. No. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, I heard another, uh, you know, because of, of sometimes we get, we're going through all of this stuff uh, and, and it is hot. And, and, and you talk about that, uh, that, that the hotness of, of fire and, and, and trying to refine. But uh, I heard it say that um, uh, the same boiling water uh, – hardens an egg it makes a a hard-boiled egg but that same hot water can also soften you know the the same boiling water can do one of two things are you are you going to take your heart and you're going to harden it like pharaoh when things didn't go his way or he did he wanted it a certain way and it said that god hardened it but i think he resolved it he basically made it what pharaoh wanted it to be or are we going to soften it and make it like the, the potato and, and, and be com- wanting to have like maybe even the clay that, that we're going to allow God to form us into what we, what we need to be. So if, if you're listening to what he just said, and if you're, you know, if you're struggling in this, you know, I want you to hear the spirit of John here. And in, in, in verse 20, he says, we know the son of God has come. And has given us understanding. Let, let me put this in another phrase for you. God is pursuing us. He came. He, he came to pursue us. Yep. You know, to, to, to clear the way where a, a holy God and a sinful man can find union uh, forever. And... and, and and I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that, that he, today he still pursues you. And so whether it's that moment where you're sitting here and you've never really fully 
surrendered and died that whole born again concept or if it's just that you've done that but that you still look in the mirror sometimes and don't like what you see um mm. it's not too late to 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 turn to God and repent of those sins and give those to him because those are the sins that don't lead to death when they're mm-hmm. on Christ. Why don't they lead to death? Because he already died for them. Yes. He already died for them. The, the, the sins that we have cast upon him, he, has, he, he died for, for it all. And so, verse 16, if you see a brother or sister commit those sins, pray. I just know, you know, those of you that I have spent time in this study, those of you that are leading First John studies with others out there that are listening to this podcast, and I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm praying. I'm praying for you. I know Craig. You know, I have Craig on this call because I know he's someone that prays for me. Yes. You know, and I pray for him. You know that 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 we won't allow the sins that we know God will forgive. That that we won't allow those things to creep up and become bigger than they need to be that, that we, we can continually turn and repent, turn and repent and recognize that. And when I say turn and repent, I, what I mean is, is continually recognize who Jesus is and what he did for me. Um, you know, go ahead. Uh, it, this just, you know, you're talking about repent and turning and, and, and it, there was a, for me, a, a someone painted this picture um, that that we talk about narrow is the path and, and wide is the path to destruction narrow path. and and yet this person talked about what if it's the same path but yet all of the people are heading in the opposite direction as you and and when you when we talk about repenting and turning around and we are we are walking the narrow path we're trying to walk through these people in the opposite direction towards God, where all of the world and society is trying to take us in a different direction. And we, we know we, 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 we read it in here that, that do not love the world, you know, because all of it is going to go away. And, and that world is heading down that path of destruction and he wants us to repent and he wants us to go upstream. It's kind of like that, that that salmon going upstream of these people and how hard it is to 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 walk up that narrow path through those people mm. uh but that's what god calls us to do in our repentance um it, it's it's to head in that opposite direction <laughs> towards god and, and and that's a great segue to verse 21 uh because it's like it's like as if john mm. says let me just sum all this up in one sentence. <laughs> Dear children, yep. keep yourself from idols. So what Craig just said, everybody going that other direction has put something else at the throne of their heart. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm a firm believer in this. You know, so much of our problems come down to idolatry. It comes down to a battle between money and God relationships in God, comfort in God, earthly pleasures in God over God. Um, 
success over you know like i the, the things that battle for that seat lust of the flesh lust yes. of the eyes and the yes. pride of life yes to quote john exactly <laughs> and 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 you know it's it's as if you know like i you know my dad used to give me a list of chores in the barn and he'd always end it with but if you don't do any of that at least do this <laughs> you know and 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 i think of the verse these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love i think this is what john's doing here he's like children i'm gonna tell you who you are one more time you're his children keep yourself from from the idols hmm. basically meaning this keep going in the in the direction of the one that we testify to you about keep following him you know the writer of hebrews says fix your eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of your faith who for the cause endured the cross you know the idea that we have to stay focused in this world and it's not easy and there will be moments where it's not easy that's why he says we all sin um but i just i just want to leave you with that thought you know is you know what kind of sin are you wrestling with you know i take i take great confidence in knowing that the sin i wrestle with is sin that has been forgiven mm-hmm. i'm wrestling with it i'm fighting it and i fail but i know that that i know where my trust lies i i have confidence where i'm going i know i know he's taken my sin so i'm going to keep wrestling but he's going to keep forgiven. Or are you struggling with that sin that it really you haven't given to him yet? You know, and, and, and that's, that's dangerous sin right there. Um, or maybe, you know, you know, those who are, and, and, and you have an opportunity to, to now take this study of first John and go to them in my church. Um, and this is a testimony to Craig. We're, we're taking this first John study. And we're going to use it with new believers, new members, and say after they go through kind of a uh, a starting points class, we're going to take them into this journey of First John and say, here's the pathway to pursuing, uh, div- uh, you know, the next step, you know, and, and we're going to walk them through. What does it mean to walk in the light? What does it mean to walk in love? What does it mean to hear his voice above all the others? What does it mean to pursue uh, the truth? And, and understand the testimony. And so, so I, I just, you know, Craig, it's been a lot of fun to sit here and banter back and forth and, yes. and, and maybe we'll do it again with another book. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you memorize like Isaiah, <laughs> we can go through that, <laughs> you know, but it, it's been a blast. I, I've had fun with some of you leaders on campus that have been leading with this and, and talking through that. I've had some fun with some that are off campus. I know that there are others that are considering using this and have at it. Um, we don't claim to know it all mm-hmm. uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but we are in pursuit. Yes. Um, you know, we are in uh, pursuit and um, being pursued and being pursued and being pursued. And, yeah. and so um, any any final thoughts, Craig? I know that you, if you want to share um, some things about what you plan to do, uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot. But yeah. I know you shared your memorization stuff. Yeah, I know we talked about a lot of it in the fr- the first, but I I really felt compelled that that uh, I want to do a short little talk and 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 
really talk about uh, uh, a little less about um, maybe my testimony about what what memorization um, is and what it isn't, and um, and how it can help how how it has helped me, but how you can use it um, in your walk with Christ. And that's, that's kind of where I want to go with it. Awesome. So this will get posted. And then, um, any of you that want to chat, um, you know how to reach me. And if you have questions for Craig, I will get you in touch with Craig directly. We're we're getting to the school year for ours. So I'm, be patient. I, I want to try to get this done, but I also have many deadlines here in yeah. the next couple of yeah, weeks. No, so. no, yeah, we'll just yeah. get it on there. It'll kind of be a, it'll be kind of the uh, dessert uh, <laughs> that will happen at the end here. It, but because what he's going to share with you isn't just about First John. What he's yeah. going to share with you is just this concept of memorizing scripture and and, and what it is. And so I want uh, that was a big part of this journey. Um, and, and in that, you know, I challenge you. Uh, find somebody, and after you've listened to this last episode, find somebody in the next week and try to recite First John chapter one by memory. See if you can do that, um, or at least if you can't, you know, do what you can or pursue it. Start it now, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it was just a little challenge to, yes. to to get you get you to uh, to pursue. I, I'd do it for you right now, but you'd all think I'm be reading it, and, you know. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to find one of you in person over the summer and, and, and do it. So um, with that, thanks for listening. And um, maybe we'll come up with another book in the, in the fall semester.